Coast FM. We are live once again here from Brooklyn, New York. And it's a Wednesday. It's a celebratory Wednesday for all those that are Cleveland Cavalier fans. Today, as we speak, the uh, parade is going on for the Cleveland Cavaliers. As you all know, they are the 2016 NBA champions after their huge, huge win at Game 7 in Golden State. Uh, I'm just looking right now as I'm watching the monitor and, and just how crazy it is out in Cleveland. I mean, they've waited well over 50 years. Well over 50 years, the uh, good fans over in Cleveland have waited for a champion, and they finally get one. Now, the interesting thing is how well actually that was even interesting most interesting news you know usually i start off when i do the show as a little monologue but since we're talking about a live parade going on i am going to be you know in and out tuning in as to what's going on in cleveland but the biggest news that really came from all this obviously came from the king himself lebron james the finals mvp has announced he didn't want to wait till you know free agency. He usually loves to be wined and dined during free agency. He has announced he will stay in Cleveland for the next season, for the 2016-2017 campaign to defend their NBA championship. I mean, it's, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise, but for most, you got to understand, this is LeBron James. This is a guy that, not to say he thinks about himself, but he wants to be that different type of player where he could just go anywhere he wants and wins a title. Now, the selfish part of me was hoping that he would leave and go to New York and, you know, help his friend Carmelo out, but, you know, it's, it's not happening. He wants to stick it out, stay in Cleveland, and it, it's a beautiful day over there during this parade. It's, uh, they have the, the whole area that they're, uh, rallying down is, is just packed with nothing but Cleveland fans and one of the Cavalier fans. It, it's, it's a beautiful sight, beautiful day out there. So, uh, congrats to the people of Cleveland. They, they're doing it right. They're enjoying it after all the misery. I mean, you're talking about a town that was known for the catch, the drive, the decision, the shot. You name it, it's it's usually against Cleveland. So for all those Cleveland sports fans, all those Believe Land fans, this is your day to celebrate, so enjoy that. Now, we'll obviously be talking more about LeBron and his decision. Uh, NBA draft is tomorrow. Hearing different things, hearing about uh, Ben Simmons, you know, his, he's already starting off on the wrong foot, in my opinion. The whole diva thing is starting to show. It's a pretty um it's pretty clear that the 76ers will make him the number 1 pick. Whether people like it or not, he's going to be the number 1 pick. So uh that's that. Number 2 is most likely going to be Brandon Ingram. Ingram will go to the uh, LA Lakers. It, it's not anything surprising there. Those two will go 1 and 2 in tomorrow's draft barring any huge deal. Now, the Boston Celtics on the other hand are one of those teams that they really haven't decided how they want to handle the situation. They got that pick right there. Do they keep it or do they trade it? 
I've heard Jalen Brown being a good opportunity there. Um, I've heard trading the pick maybe for with Philly for Okafor. I've heard different things for the Celtics. They have almost every asset you could imagine, but while they're willing to use them. I feel like that's always the same question when it comes down to like Philly or Boston because they've acquired so many draft picks over the last couple of years. You got to think about what they what their plans are. Like they have to cash them in eventually, right? You can't just keep acquiring draft picks, acquiring this, acquiring that. They have to cash in. Maybe you gotta you gotta switch them up and trade and and pick up this player. But uh, since free agency is about to be officially underway, plenty of players have opted out of their contracts. For the New York Knicks, since we're gonna start local. You got Aaron Afalo and Derek Williams. They've opted out. We're going to test free agency, see what their worth is already. I mean, they're only with the team for a year, but uh, they want to see what they got outside, what they have out there elsewhere. So, interesting thing. I didn't I didn't think Afalo would opt out, but I uh, guess he wasn't happy with coming off the bench under Kurt Rambis. I mean, could you, could you really blame him? Dwight Howard opts out of that $23 million that he would have been owed if he would have stayed in his contract to become a free agent again. That's got to be, in my opinion, the most interesting case. Who takes a chance on Dwight Howard? What NBA team does it? I think Boston might be a, may not be a bad pick for him. I, I don't know if he would fit in, but... I just, on a basketball court, it makes sense for Dwight Howard in Boston. Milwaukee, maybe? There's plenty of teams out there that could use him. So, how much is he worth is a whole nother story. But with the salary cap rising, I believe, to like $94 million, it's safe to say they have options. The other, uh, other player that opted out, well, obviously, Duran Williams. This is uh, the former great Brooklyn net point guard. He opted out of his contract with the Dallas Mavericks. He's a free agent. I don't know what his market is, but it'll be a backup somewhere. And you got Dirk Nowitzki. Now, all signs point that Dirk is going to probably resign, take less money, resign for a year in his career with Dallas. But... This has been thrown out there besides the whole Kevin Durant talk. Wouldn't it be interesting to see Dirk Nowitzki, the great Dirk Nowitzki, with the Golden State Warriors? I mean, let's think about this. Before we start, you know, judging and saying that this is this doesn't make any sense. You move Draymond Green to a more natural position, which is small forward. And you start Dirk Nowitzki, who obviously spreads the offense, spreads the offense out. You're having him with Bogan, who's a true center. Less work for Nowitzki to do, less work for I believe the Splash Brothers to do, and you got Draymond Green can play that point forward without really having to bang the boards as much. 
I'm not saying Nowitzki's a great rebounder, but he's more of a he's more of a threat from the perimeter and and even down low than Harrison Barnes ever was. So you gotta kind of you have to think about it now. Dirk Nowitzki, one year with the Warriors. I like that. To me, and this is just my opinion. I like that in terms of winning a title next year better than Kevin Durant. And some of you go listen to me and I'm like, are you crazy? I just feel like Dirk will spread the floor and he'll be more accepting of his role as a role player on that team. But that's just my opinion. On the show today, we have Sue Faber. She is from Slam Online. We're talking WNBA 20. The uh, 20 at 20 list debuted yesterday. There were some names left off. But the names that were on, I want to see if she agrees with the list the same way maybe I do. Because I have some I have some little, little tweaks with it I would like to change. And we're going to see if we have a, a consensus on it. We're also going to talk about the Minnesota Lynx and the L.A. Sparks. They had a great game yesterday, three-point affair, won by the Lynx. Lynx now remain the only undefeated team. It was two undefeated teams going after each other. The Lynx going into the game were 12-0. The Sparks were 11-0. Now they play again on Friday, I believe, in Minnesota. So it should be really interesting to see how that goes down. And um, you know what? It's good for the league to have two teams battle like that. And in my opinion, it should be, even though it sucks they're in the same conference, that's a WNBA Finals I pay to see. Those two teams are great. I'm a Liberty fan, but those those are those are two well put together teams and well coached teams. And uh, I can't wait to see them on Friday, so. That should be an interesting matchup once again. Also, we're going to talk a little WWE with uh, Dr. Black from the Doctors of Wrestling, the podcast you can catch on KeepingItRealSports.com. We're talking about Roman Reigns being suspended 30 days for violating the wellness policy for the WWE. That's an interesting thing. So uh, former champion just lost the belt about a, a couple of days ago. We'll talk about that situation, as well as Jerry the King Lawler being arrested for domestic violence last week. And, of course, Money in the Bank and what the WWE plans to do with the expansion draft. So, big show today. And, as always, open to take your calls, 516-900-2278. Before we go to break, I do want to play a little bit of this live coverage of the parade right now jr smith is on top of one of the cars and he is shirtless he's been shirtless since i uh, since sunday and he's like he's still wearing the same shorts from sunday so we're gonna check in with him we'll be right back you listen to sports social with eddie easton here on southcast fm i was about to say the same thing that's right good luck wherever you are he'll be hosting the rally here at mall b so when the rally starts, we'll be hearing from Fred, and I can't wait to hear Fred enjoy this one. That's going to be incredible. And, of course, the players will be talking here at Mall B if they can get through traffic. 
That does not seem like the most conducive way for a semi truck to go through town. Dodging, I would say so. That, that's not the best way to do it, but no. especially with all this, uh, with all the fans around. But hey, they don't mind moving slow. I right. mean, they, they played for seven months and, and have ended up with a championship. They'll move slow. They will enjoy this 100%. It's a great time in downtown Cleveland, and it's only going to get better. The Cleveland Cavaliers championship parade and rally continuing right here on.
here on Back Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. And on the line, as promised, Miss Sue Favor from womenshoopsworld.com as well as Slam Online. Sue, how's it going? Hey, good. How's it going out there in New York? Doing good, doing good. I, I know, actually, you're you're tuned in right now to the Liberty and, uh, and uh, Dream. They're actually playing a game currently is, uh, in Atlanta. Yes, I guess probably other New York fans are probably tuned in as well, but it is the noontime matinee down there, yes. Yes, yeah, the noontime matinee. I feel like that's been going on more and more now uh, throughout the league, and uh, the Liberty are up 41-39 last time I checked. Yeah, it's a good game. These two teams match up well, obviously, being at the top of the East, so it's a, it's a fun game. Plus, you know, they, they traded a player between them, so that's always, it's always fun to see that type of stuff. Definitely is, and obviously now everyone everyone's talking about the uh, WNBA twenty at twenty. It, the list was officially rolled out yesterday, and uh, what are your thoughts on the list? Do you do you agree with everyone that's on there, or do you feel like someone was left off? Well, you know, um, Ed, I don't uh, obviously I don't agree with everybody on the list, but I guess you know you can't be in universal agreement with everybody on there. I didn't really see. Um, I didn't really see, you know, Cappy Pondexter making the list necessarily. Um, and I would have put Delisha Milton-Jones on there for sure. But, you know, what can you say? <laughs> uh, I definitely hear you on that. And I, I'm just looking at some of the names. And the obvious ones, uh, Lisa Leslie, you know, she's going to be on there. Uh, I find it interesting. Yeah. They had Candace Parker on this list, but, yeah, she wasn't good enough to make the Olympics team. Like, I, I just – how does that <laughs> – how does that happen? Uh, it's just – Well, a- what I've heard – Ed, and I don't know if I should say this publicly or not, but I'll say it anyway. But what I've heard is that, um, you know, there was just personal politics involved with that. Um, maybe Candace wasn't liked by certain people, um, and that's the only reason she didn't make it. It had nothing to do with her skill level. Mm. So, I mean, as usual, you know, you can't really – it doesn't seem like the personalities are removed out of the whole equation, and it looks like it wasn't in this case. So. Nothing to do with her ability. Obviously, she's a tremendous player. Some say she's the best in the world, but uh, there, there it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it's uh, it's politics. It happens in everything. You know. So yeah. uh, I definitely understand that. Um, some people were, you know, there were some like little rumblings. Uh, probably Tina Charles probably should have gotten some consideration for this list. Oh yeah. You know. Uh, I pulled out my list now, Ed. I'm sorry, I wasn't all the way prepared for this, but I wouldn't have. Although, and again, it's nothing as slight against these players, but I would not have put Simone Augustus on this list or Cappy Pondexter on this list. Mm. I just feel like they've been um, either injured or not as consistent as some of the others. I would have put Delisha Milton-Jones on the list. Angel McCautry has been a portrait of consistency. Yeah. Um, I probably would have considered her. Definitely Tina Charles is, is fantastic. It's hard to narrow it down to 20, though. Um, but there are some de- – de- some felt Deanna Nolan – shouldn't have been on this list because she played in the league for such a short time. Mm-hmm. But others, like you said, are just no-brainers, like Cheryl Swoops, Tina Thompson, Cynthia Cooper, um, you know, Tamika Catchings, obviously. There's, you know, Sue Bird. Some of the ones are just kind of in Lauren Jackson, of course, are yeah. just ingrained in the list. But others, yeah, you could just, I don't know, again, and it's I kind of put this yesterday on my own social media, just for there are some fans that are really upset and then they want to debate, like, for – all day long and and you know at the end of the day really it's just a list it's somebody's opinion so you know everybody has their players and their favorite players and what and we can debate all night long but 
you know, at the end of the day, it's just a list, and we're fortunate enough to have some really amazing players that have stepped on the court the last 20 seasons. Uh, I definitely agree. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where when you have a list like this that comes out, of course there's going to be a lot of people, you know, having their opinions. But it, this is a good thing, uh, in my opinion, because more people pay attention because they want to hear, like, okay, this, this is something that obviously is debatable. All these players yeah. are good. And you like to hear the different opinions on it because, honestly, I saw the list and I was – there were some names that – like the name that really stuck out to me the most was Deanna Nolan. I, I just I, I just didn't feel like she made the same type of impact as everyone else on this list. Yeah. That was my yeah. biggest thing. I said if everyone's on this list either because of what they brought to the game, you know, energy-wise or uh, obviously stats and, and it's that to me is the list, you know. Like Kathy yeah. Pondexter, I thought about her and – I remember her time with the Liberty. She mm-hmm. was she was really good, and yeah. there was a good. I think she was an MVP at one point. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, I, I guess that's something that they thought about. It's like you know, she was an MVP. She had a great run in New York. That earns the list. And but then you look at the Tita Charles situation, Angel Angel McCautry situation, and it, it becomes tough. But it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. Twenty twenty uh, players. You got to make it there somehow. No, it's true, and I I agree with you. I think it's good, you know, good to good to debate. I mean, hey, sports fans love to debate, and um, hey, this will give something fun to talk about, you know, for the next week or so. Um, the sports debates are fun. It sure beats talking about real politics. Oh yeah, it definitely <laughs> At does. this point, mm. yeah, that's a whole other whole other show story. For yeah, that. we're not going there. <laughs> I'm trying to say safely ensconced in the world of sports for that reason. So, <laughs> I definitely understand that. But uh, yesterday we were uh, we were treated to a, a nice little matinee uh, with the Sparks versus the Lynx, two undefeated teams meeting at this juncture of the season is very rare. And yes, having them go at each other and it was a good game. I mean, it was tied up going into the fourth. Man, it was a fun game to be at, um, and I had such a great time being there. And I I was kind of leery about the hype and stuff because a lot of times um very hyped events don't live up to their billing and so you know people can oh aren't you excited i'm like i didn't say i wasn't looking forward to it i'm just saying (laughs) don't go crazy and then sure enough it did it lived up to every minute of it It was was a thriller on the last bucket uh where that chrissy tolliver did not get off on time i actually stood up out of my seat i was just like that Mm. pumped but it did not count and so that's the way it goes and then we get to see the whole thing again on Friday when they face each other again. So stay tuned, folks. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's definitely great. And uh, you kind of have to love the fact that the, the schedule worked out the way it did. That not only Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that we get to see them back-to-back like this. Yeah. But it's uh, Seeing the game, do you really believe the Lynx are that far ahead, the best team in the WNBA, or the Sparks right there, or the Sparks just gave one away? Well, like, What is your thoughts? Take, you know, what do you take from that game? Well, you know, that's an interesting question, Ed, because um, the Lynx, the Lynx skill-wise and lineup-wise, are, are, they are that far ahead. They have basically two complete starting lineups within their team there, two starting fives just off top. But um, as we all know, basketball is a very mental game, and so on that level the Sparks are right there with them, and they showed that yesterday. They were only behind by, like, what, one or two points at the first quarter, and they were just shooting, like, not so good Mm -hmm. and that shows you how mentally tough they are and they really are you talk to them and i've been talking to them for years and 
it's, they just sound different this year. They're more mature this year. They're more just, you know, they take things in stride more. And so, you know, who knows? They might just make up for the the lesser bench that they have, the Sparks, um, with their mental acumen. It's just it kind of remains to be seen because it's so early in the season. But it's kind of fascinating. You just see them. Um, they're just two totally different models of how you can do it. I, even just in warm-ups yesterday, I got there early to watch them warm up. Completely different. You saw the links over there. Both teams were focused, so both teams had that in common. And then you saw the links, and they would be booming and popping shots, and they'd be woo and punctuating <laughs> hand slaps and stuff. And you look over on the spark side of the court, and they're just in complete silence, just like warming up, jogging across the court, stretching, not talking. And I'm like, well, okay, well, whatever works for you guys. And then we had the game that we had, so... I think it's uh you know I, I when I see stuff like that I kind of feel like you have a team that's just business minded and there's another team that's just having fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with either one. We see that in every sport. Yeah. You know, so it, it's kind of cool actually because now you're getting a clash of two different two different styles that are working, and uh, yeah. which one's the better one? You know, we'll see. They play again Friday. Um, I guess the Lynx obviously having a home court advantage this time around. Maybe we get to we get to learn a little bit more about the Sparks and see how they handle being on the road after yeah. losing their first game of the season. So it should be a lot of fun going into that game. I think so too. Um, and if I can throw in one more thing here too, Ed, the, and I just posted this on online actually in my story that I put up. But um, one thing that I had a deja vu moment yesterday because when I interviewed the Seattle Storm in 2010 in an early season game, which was at that point coached by. Brian Agler, who now coaches the Sparks, you you went to I went to every player, and they all said the exact same thing, independently of one another. And after the game yesterday, I went to every Sparks player, every Spark, one of the starting veterans. They all said the exact same thing, independently of one another. I'm like, gee, this sounds this. I'm having a deja vu moment. And the 2010 Seattle Storm won the chip, so hmm. I'm just saying, <laughs> they all seem to be on the same page, paragraph, and sentence. So we'll see how that plays out for them this year. Hey, you never know. Lightning could strike twice. This could be uh this could be something to look forward to. Um, you never know. You it's never gonna be know. a lot interesting season, you know. It definitely will be. And there's uh two quick notes that I, that I've taken so far from watching the season. First of all, Tina Charles is taking it to another level mm-hmm. this year. I mean, she's the, obviously the increase in scoring, rebounding. She's just dominating down low. She's yeah. awesome to watch. Such a fun player to watch. She's definitely a fun player to watch. Um, I'm I'm really liking the uh, bounce back for Skylar Diggins coming back from the ACL injury. Yeah. You know, because I didn't know how she was going to come back. That's a, a major, you know, uh, it's a major situation. You don't know if she'll come back the same player or what. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I I like the bounce back with that. And, mm-hmm. and the other thing was the, um, the, the the going away tour, the you know, the, the nice little farewell tour they're doing for Tamika Catchings. I, Oh yeah, I think it's good. I've been hearing you know a lot of great buzz about it. You see her getting the the treatment that uh, she deserves. Uh, I mean, her career's been insane. You know, ranked second all time in scoring and and rebounding, and first in steals in the league's history. And uh, you know, the first to be her last year. As is typical of catch, you know, she's thinking of others on her own way out the door, and she's turned her last season into a quote-unquote legacy tour, a.k.a. raising money for charities in the city in which the team, in which her team goes to play. Now, who in the heck does that? Right. I mean, I don't know. I just love catchings. I always have. I think she's one of the greatest players to ever touch the game. And then her philanthropic um, endeavors just make her even more 
great in my eyes as a person. And so I'm just so excited that she, that the Fever are coming to Los Angeles twice in her last season that I, we get two times to see this legend go. And so I just can't even put it into words. But it is pretty outstanding, and I, I hope she gets the credit that she deserves, and she probably wouldn't even want to get it, but I think she should get it. So, uh, She definitely deserves it. Um, like I said, I'm a Tamika, I'm a Tamika Catchings fan. Uh, I just wasn't a fan last year when she knocked the Liberty out of the uh, conference, <laughs> the conference finals. I wasn't much of a fan then, but you know, definitely a fan of her work <laughs> leading up to that moment. But, uh, I hear you, but you know how she is. She'll 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 die she'll dive on the floor and kill herself before she wins the game. So, a die the last of a dying breed, unfortunately. It oh my gosh. <laughs> definitely, no, you're definitely right about that. And um, before you go. Uh, I was checking out your Slam Online, um, le- your latest post for that called "Worth the oh, yeah. Wait." Uh, can you yeah. just let everybody know a little bit of more, a little bit more about that post and um, why they should check it out. Oh sure, it's a it was a write up I did for Slam Online last week. I believe it was posted last Wednesday. Um, if you want to go back in their tweets or my tweets, but uh, it was a write up on uh, in over the uh, course of the years. Some some teams in WNBA have. Uh, drafted a player when when she has torn an ACL, sustained a major season-ending injury, knowing that they wouldn't be able to utilize her for a full year and just allowing her to rehab and just kind of talking to some of the GMs about that decision and then talking to the players involved and uh, how it really worked out. And the first player that that really worked for was actually Tamika Catchings, and then a few players since then have followed suit, two of which she has you know, helped mentor through their injuries. So it was just kind of an interesting look on the resilience uh that it takes to get back to playing form, which all these young ladies have so far, which is pretty impressive. No, it's, it definitely is. And um, like I said, it's a great read. And uh, I encourage everyone to check it out. Also on slamonline.com. Well, and uh, Sue, as always, thank you for your time. Well, hey, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on the oh. radio show with you. You're a, great, uh, you're a great host. Oh, I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. And we got to do this again. Definitely, but, you know, after the Olympic break, because uh, we're going to have some playoff basketball to talk about. Yes, indeed. It's going to be a sports-filled, politics-avoidant summer, Ed. <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Sue, as always, have a oh, good yeah. one. Enjoy. Hey, you too. Thanks a lot, Ed. Have a great one. Have a good one. Enjoy the game. Take care. That was Sue Faber once again from uh, Slam Online as well as womenshoopsworld.com. Uh, check her stuff out. It's great stuff all the time in terms of women's basketball and the WNBA. Uh, and as we were saying, the uh, current game that is in progress because the WNBA does a lot of does a lot of um, afternoon matinee games to start off the summer because summer is officially underway. The Liberty currently lead fifty-two to forty-seven uh, against the Atlanta Dream. So, you know. It's uh, definitely check it out. A lot of these games can be streamed online as well. I think believe through League Pass or if you're in the local areas, check on the if it's New York, it's MSG Atlanta. You can check out the local listings for that as well. But um, like I said, interesting stuff. Top 20 players in, in, in WNBA history. That's always going to be a controversy. No matter what sport it is, that topic will always be a controversy. So with that being said, we're going to step aside and take a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Time on my hand Since you've been away, boy I 
And the sound of the rain against my window pane is slowly, it's slowly driving me insane. Boy, I'm going Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. And once again, thanks again to Sue Favor for uh, chiming in, giving us her thoughts on the WNBA. The NBA, however, the champions are the Cleveland Cavaliers. Their parade is still underway. Uh, you're just having everybody come out and, uh, and be heard here. Like uh, right now, I think they're showing like the different floats. Uh, the LeBron James Foundation is uh, is out there, obviously. 
Uh, I'm going to chime in once again and hear what's going on down there. So I'm going to check into the live coverage. The Akron area, the Canton area, Massillon. Think about Portage County. Everybody got behind this franchise as everybody got behind the Browns and the Indians. It, it's truly a, a regional team based in Cleveland. But the, the support of our Northeast Ohio region, Central Ohio, yep. Northwestern Ohio, I mean, every part of the state, it, it's just been a phenomenal, phenomenal thing to witness. And, and we're seeing a great great vision of that right here this event just got bigger with the Goodyear blimp overhead offering us these aerial views of our championship Cleveland Cavaliers victory celebration the blimp looking good the shots from the blimp looking good just a beautiful day in downtown Cleveland we have a beautiful view of the lake we're facing the other way so we're going to have to turn around once the rally <laughs> all right so that's some of the live coverage from the actual parade that is underway. It's a nice little rally they got going on for the Cleveland Cavaliers, the uh, champions, of course. And uh, just, it's just honestly a, uh, like I said, a celebration unlike any other for the city of Cleveland. They've waited so long for this moment. And uh, the finally, just to, to have it, to enjoy it, it's, uh, it's got to be everything for them. So it's, it's really great. It's, uh, it just shows a testament to how much this city has uh, sacrificed, how much they wanted this title. And uh, it's, it's really good. Just really a good job by the city of Cleveland because it, it looks beautiful out there as I'm, I'm just looking at this whole live stream. You know, it, it doesn't get any better than that. That's what you want. If you want to win an NBA championship, this is the uh, – NBA any championship for that matter. I remember going to the Yankees – Back in 2009, when they won their uh, when they won the World Series, it, it was amazing. The amount of people just out there, just having a good time. It, it wasn't a situation in which anybody was there for, with any bad intentions. Everybody was just there enjoying the moment. Because as a fan, this is this is the crowning jewel. This is the players showing their appreciation for all the um, all the support. Because a lot of that support is the biggest reason why they win these titles. Let's let's just put that in perspective, you know. So uh, you, can, I can imagine what the Cleveland fan base is going through in this very moment, uh, just going from just from being at that Yankee parade. And remember, the Yankees won for so many years in the in the uh, 2000s or um, late 90s era. That still in 2009, when it was uh, I believe like seven years since they have won the last one, seven or eight years. It was like the first time all over again. It's never a point where it gets old. It doesn't get old. That's a true fan base. When it just doesn't get old, you're enjoying the moment as it's happening. And you got to feel good about – you got you to gotta feel good for all the fans and everybody that with Cleveland that has struggled for so long to enjoy this moment. So, once again, hats off to the city of Cleveland. Whenever they have, like, a um, – Someone wants to come out and talk in, in regards to it. We're going to try to see if we can chime into it. But uh, right now, they're just going through the city on the different floats and uh, just enjoying the fans. So once again, it's, uh, it's, that's what's going on in, in Cleveland with the Cavaliers. I'm going to take this moment, actually, to give a little update on Major League Baseball because that is well underway as we're approaching the All-Star break in July. And... There's a game currently on. It's the uh, Mets and the Kansas City Royals. 
Mets have Noah Syndergaard on the mound. And um, obviously, Kansas City and New York met in the World Series. They met earlier to begin the season this year. And they are meeting again in City Field. So it's kind of weird how the schedule works out that the two teams that met in the World Series get to meet each other the following year. That really happens in Major League Baseball. And these two teams are going at it once again. So definitely check that out. Quick check the uh, National League. How about those San Francisco Giants? Those even-year San Francisco Giants. They won the title 2012-2014. It's 2016 now, and they're hot again. They are leading the NL West at a 45-27 and record. They seem primed once again to return to the, to the World Series, but they have to battle with the Chicago Cubs, who are currently the best team in baseball, 47-22. and They lead the Central. In the NL East, you have the Washington Nationals leading 43, 43 wins and 29 losses. New York Mets, Miami Marlins, not too far behind. The Mets are four and a half games out in the NL East. In the American League, you got the Baltimore Orioles having a slight, and I mean slight, lead over the Boston, over the Boston Red Sox, one game lead. They are 40 and 30. The Yankees, for everybody that's wondering, are six games out, 34 and 36. Still trying to figure that whole situation out at first base. Ike Davis, not too happy with his with his performance so far. I've got to be honest with you. The guy, I, you know, I ripped on him earlier because he took number 24. And for all you Yankee fans out there that know, number 24 is Tino Martinez. That's always going to be Tino Martinez in my book. So it's kind of hard for, him, for me to see him rocking the 24 on his back. Uh, you have to earn that number. That's a big number. Leading the NL, AL Central, the uh, Cleveland Indians are 40-30. and 30. Maybe Cleveland has something going here. The Indians are winning. They have a two-game lead over the defending champion, Kansas City Royals. In the West, you got the Texas Rangers leading 40, with 46 wins, 26 losses, followed by the Seattle, the Seattle Mariners. I was about to say Supersonics. That would be kind of bad. You know, I can't say Supersonics. Seattle Mariners are in second place here, nine and a half out. So Texas has a nice lead in that division, but with plenty, plenty to go. Take a quick look at some of the important stats. The, the, so far in wins, you got Chris Sale of the Chicago White Sox has 12 wins. Arietta for the Cubs with 11. Uh, Johnny Cueto has 11 for the San Francisco Giants. Clayton Kershaw has 11 in saves. You got Jerry's Familia. He has 23 saves. And uh, Ramos from Miami has 22. Britain, 21 from Baltimore. ERA, you got Clayton Kershaw leading the majors with a 1.57 ERA, followed by Jake Arrieta with a 1.74 ERA. And, of course, Madison Bumgarner, not too far behind, with 1.85. Noah Syndergaard, 1.91 for the Mets. There's a lot of great pitching going on in the majors nowadays. So uh, it's not all about the log ball. You got to have good pitching to win championships. And all these teams were, were in heavy contention the last couple of years, so keep that in mind. Looking at some batting numbers right here. Uh, you got Daniel Murphy still ripping it up. He's actually This is actually him cooling down. He is now batting 352, still leading the majors. Uh, David Ortiz, can we, can we put this in perspective? David Ortiz is supposed to retire after this season. He's batting 339. David Ortiz is still ripping the baseball. He's batting 339 with 59 RBIs, which is third in um, third in batting in all the majors. So the guy wants to retire, but he's having such a I don't know. He's having such a great year. You hope he sticks around. 
Uh, Arenado leads the majors with 21 home runs right now. You got Robinson Cano has 19. Todd Frazier has 20. And uh, those are just some of the some of the leaders. I just noticed, like for the Yankees, Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran is having a very good year. The Yankees are actually underway. They're playing their game against the Colorado Rockies. That's a home game as well. A lot of home, a lot of early games for everybody that's in the city. Uh, not just in the WNBA, but in baseball, because summer is officially underway. I believe Monday was the official start of summer, so all the kids are getting out of school. You know. Just the time. Go to a baseball game. Go to whatever is out there. It's a lot going on this summer in sports, especially in Major League Baseball. So definitely want to keep that in mind. Now, in regards to in regards to what's going on with the All Star voting, that's a whole nother story. Because you, we, I told you before, we had about six Chicago Cubs, six Chicago Cubs were originally in the uh, in the starting lineup for the All-Star game. It slowed down a little bit. There's still some people that try to figure out who's who's leading, who's who's not. There's definitely a lot of uh, options out there. Um, I'm putting my vote for Carlos Beltre, and I was saying him earlier just for the simple fact that the guy has been the only consistent hitter for the Yankees. He might be the only... All-star for the Yankees. Uh, who knows? I, I think Andrew Miller deserves some consideration. He's had a pretty good season. Uh, it's it's always a crapshoot when it comes to picking the all-star team in uh, Major League Baseball. You never know who's hot, who's really not, you know, who's more effective, who's benefiting off of this or that. It's, it's really tough to tell. So we're going to see what teams plan on doing how they plan on setting up their lineups because that's really the hardest part when the players have to choose. Well, not the players, the managers, I, I believe, from every team chooses the reserves. The all-star game starters, that's that's uh, usually that's usually going to be uh, the case. But I'm just taking a look at some of the races that are close, especially in the National League, where you have five Cubs in position to start. And uh, the, catching, the catching situation, you got the fight between Molina... Yadier Molina and um, and you got Anthony Rizzo, who's also going to be starting at first base. I'm just looking at the people that are leading. Buster Posey and Molina are going back, are neck and neck at catcher. That was the other player I was trying to say, but um, it's it's really good. It's going to be close. A lot of great players on each team. Um, you're talking about Fowler, Dexter Fowler, who's actually injured right now from the Chicago Cubs. is supposed to be a starter, along with Bryce Harper, Yuen Cespedes. And um, that's that's how it's looking for the National League. The American League is also still up for grabs. You're talking about Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mookie Betts, both from the Boston Red Sox. They're supposed to start, as well as Z- uh, Xander Bogarts and David Ortiz. So you're talking about four Chicago, four Boston Red Sox players could be in the starting lineup. It makes me sick just hearing, just saying that. As a Yankee fan, you got Trout starting in center field. Uh, you got uh, Altuve at second base, Machado at third base, and uh, Salvador Perez as as the catcher. So that's the early ballots. Uh, I believe we're going to be coming down to the final week of voting. So uh, the All Star Game is on July 12th in San Diego at Petco Park. And uh, keep putting your votes in. It's still a lot of time left. I'm looking at the the ballot leaders and who's still around, who still has a chance of making it. 
there's some pretty good names out there. So keep voting away. And uh, let's see if we get some Yankees in there. How about that? Let's, let's get a, a couple more votes in there for uh, Carlos Beltran. And let's get some Yankees in the All-Star game this year. I'm just being honest. I just want to see some Yankees in there. Nothing wrong with that, right? Once again, give me a call, 516-900-2278. Better step aside and take a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Southcast FM. It's like that. Well, check this out. This is how we going to apply to I don't know what it is that you've done to me But it's caused me to act in such a crazy way Whatever it is that you do when you do what you do
Sports Social with Eddie Easton here on Soundcast FM. Once again, call me up, 516-900-2278. And it looks like they're setting up a stage or, well, they're trying to set up. The parade has to go through, and I believe it's going to f- float all the way through to a, a certain spot, and they're going to have everybody come out and talk. So uh, I'm going to chime in once again to see where they're at with the parade currently for the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is the uh, live feed. See what they're doing now. Wow, thanks for that. Yeah, here it is. That. And then afterwards, I received a text from a former Cavs assistant coach who's now with another team. Oh, wow. And he said, Jeff, great job, great run, enjoy the experience. It was, it was well earned. And to me, it, it just showed the way that guys who have a feel for what's gone on here, yeah. and, and especially can't be for people who have been here. Yes. They, they right. had so wanted to see this happen for this city. Well, well, Jeff, you're absolutely right. And I don't care who it is, you know, because they come through Cleveland, because they've been a part of this community, because they witnessed the greatness of these fans and how they pick up on their teams and how they support their teams and how they come out every single night and bring their voices and bring everything that they have and they come out and give everything they have every single night. So when you come out and win a world championship, these fans are going to come out behind you as well. On the parade route, the players, the ownership, the coaches getting closer to Ball B and getting much closer to Allie Clifton. Allie? That's right, Jeff. The Cavs owner, Dan Gilbert. And, Dan, you said there's no city, no place that deserves this right here more than Cleveland. Can you describe this feeling? Uh, it's just it's a sea of humanity, of, of great people who are the – I mean, these are the best fans in the world. I just can't believe it just keeps going and going and going. I mean, you can look at numbers on paper, but when you see it in real life of how many different people there are and, and how important – uh, the Cavaliers are to them and, and what the Cavaliers did. It's overwhelming and I'm sort of speechless. First time in a while, by the way. It has been. Dan, I've been out here since way early and the fans did not want to clear the streets. They said they would wait as long as they had to. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, first of all, it's a beautiful day. It's very hot. Everyone's out of water. We're out of water. They're out of water. Nobody seems to care. Um, they just, the fact that this, this, Whatever you know, burden or whatever is is, is lifted. It's a beautiful feeling for, for these, these people. And I gotta tell you something. And I know it's sometimes people think pro sports guys are in it for the money or they're in it for themselves. And you know what? They they like to make money like anyone else does. But that's not what motivates them. Uh, what motivates them are all these great people. Every day they talk about it, and they delivered, and we're, we're proud of them. Dan, thank you so much for the time. We'll see you at the finish thank line. You. And by the way, Allie is just getting better every single year. She's a total pro. Love her. She's the I appreciate best. that. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Guys, we have more coming right up. Stay tuned. So I'm guessing Allie's getting a new. Guys? <laughs> that worked out well. Why not? Nice job, Al. Way to be. All right, that was the uh, interview with Dan Gilbert. He is the owner of the majority owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was giving his thoughts on the, uh, the winning of the championship, and that was live during the parade with uh, Fox Sports Ohio was covering it. 
And this is also being streamed live on NBA.com via Cavs TV. So check it out if you want to see the visuals of it. But um, that's uh, that was the interview there. Like they're still making their way to the podium and uh, trying to get everybody together. So it should be another hour or so probably when we're off the air. So check out KeepItAReelSports.com for more on that. But coming up next, we're going to have Dr. Black talk to us about what's going on with the WWE. Roman Reigns is suspended. You got Jerry the King Lawler arrested for domestic violence. It's just a lot going on in the world of wrestling that doesn't have to do with wrestling. So we'll talk to him after this. You're, li- you're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Southcast FM. Girl, you know we belong together. I'll have no time for you.
much I love you, do you? I'm here for you. I'm not out to go out there and cheat all night, just like you did, baby, but that's alright. I love you anyway, and I'm still gonna be here for you to my dying day, baby. Right now, I'm just in so much pain, baby, because you just won't come back to me, will you? Just come back to me. Yes, baby, my heart is lonely. My heart hurts, baby. Yes, I feel pain too. Soundcast FM. I have the only doctor that can understand what Roman Reigns is really going through right now, and that is Dr. Black from the Doctors of Wrestling podcast, featured on KeepItAreelSports.com. Dr. Black, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Doing good. Now, uh, yesterday we got the news, breaking news actually, that Roman Reigns has been suspended for 30 days for violating the wellness policy for the WWE. Can you... uh? First of all, can you explain what exactly he violated? He was busted for PDs. Stuff like that. You know, the good stuff. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Uh, it wasn't like he was busted for marijuana or any of that. Because that's just a basic fine. That's not like really something they'll suspend you for, a wellness violation. So more than likely... His testosterone level was probably too high. He took something that he shouldn't have taken, which is banned by WWE, and they enforced their wellness policy against one of their top stars. So, But this isn't the first time that a top star has been busted with a wellness violation, came back, and, you know, still was a top star. Orton could be, like, one of the names that jumps straight off the books, off the pages, but he survived the wellness hit. So Roman, uh, in the long run, even though he can't talk or wrestle, I mean, still will be a top guy once he comes back. He just gets a 30-day vacation. So, obviously, now, I don't know if you know Roman Reigns' history, 
Is this the first time he's ever had an issue regarding PEDs that you know of? I mean, this is the first I've heard of it. So, it's first, I mean, a couple of guys, they've been caught in the developmental, like, once, maybe once, twice before. And others, you know, in his case, he was never caught with anything. Uh, but he's not that big of a guy, and that's the weird part. This is what makes everything interesting. Because when you look at Roman, he's really not like John Cena big or Cesaro strong or Brock Lesnar strong. He's just, you know, okay, I guess, when it comes to, you know, muscle stature and all that. He he doesn't, like, wow you from a muscle standpoint. So him actually taking something, first, it technically is a shock, yeah, but, you know me, I'm very biased when it comes to range, and I just can't stand him. So 30 days off TV, I, I, I'm so happy right now. I'm jumping with joy. Okay, well, you know, all biases aside, uh, this is obviously a hit for the <laughs> WWE because he he's a top guy now. What about the battleground? Will he be available for battleground? Uh, actually, yeah. That's the, This is what a lot of people have been being. His suspension will be up. Because uh, Battleground is five weeks away, which five weeks is not 30 days. So he will actually be able to partake in the pay-per-view. Now, that is barring if WWE actually wants him to take part in the pay-per-view. See, that's the key thing. He may be allowed, but they, they might not want him to be, you know, they might not want to reward him with a WWE championship, you know, title match. After, you know, getting busted with, you know, taking, I would get to say performance enhancing drugs, but just to say face, but yeah, I don't think they might want to reward him. So maybe they go a different route and just make it Dean versus uh, Seth one-on-one. Maybe they keep the main event, but have uh, Roman lose clean as punishment. So something is going to happen where he has to take an L somewhere. Outside of the L, he's already taken. Now, okay, so that whole situation be figured out. There was another uh, incident that, that took place uh, about a week ago in regards to Jerry the King Lawler, who has also been suspended <laughs> indefinitely. Now, this whole domestic violence uh, situation with 27-year-old girlfriend at the time, uh, what do we know about, you know, that situation? Is it it's still investigating and uh, is there yeah. any chance that Jerry King Lawler comes back at all? Right now, it's looking bleak for him. Because uh, if you remember, Adam Rose was in something very similar, but Adam Rose is no Jerry the King Lawler. Jerry the, but Jerry the King Lawler is not bulletproof. Granted, he kind of went to the extreme. He gave his fiance a gun, put it, is he told her, hey, you know what, kill yourself. This is what came out. That in and of itself right there just was just wrong. There's no place for, you know, domestic violence in any sport or juncture, period. But King went overboard. King got here. He, he's getting what he deserves. If he gets terminated, so be it. Uh, granted, I like I like what he has become again. He, you know, the heel Jerry the King Lola on commentary, but 
again, what he did was, you know, reprehensible, and he deserves the punishment that he's getting. And WWE, I actually is doing the right thing. And I, again, I, I give him credit. They're not reward. They're not going to reward bad behavior just because he's been around since what, the night the, the early nineties. He's had a couple of business company. I mean, right now it looks like his next court date is July first. And from what I've also, uh, from the information I ascertained, he also has been told him and his fiance were both told to each other, don't contact each other, don't talk to each other, stay away from each other, no phone calls, no nothing, text, nothing, no type of interaction whatsoever until. I guess their next court date, which will be uh, July first. Just a uh, tough road uh, seems to be out of the ring for a lot of these superstars and commentators with the WWE. We've had so much movement, and um, how about we actually talk about what happened in the ring and the pay per view that just passed uh, this past Sunday was uh, Money in the Bank. I had, I actually thought it was a pretty good pay per view for you know for the, the type of card they had. I thought they did a pretty good job with it. It was entertaining. Uh, What were your thoughts on um, most of these matches, and, like, what was your favorite match as well as worst match? Uh, Well, the Money in the Bank ladder match in and of itself lived up to the height. Del Rio, I really feel sorry for him because he took a nasty spill, as we all see him. But I would have to say... Surprisingly, Styles and Cena was my favorite match. Uh, more in part because AJ Styles had to carry that match. But at least you see the difference in the ring work between Cena and Roman. Cena at least tries. Granted, we know the five moves to do. But at least Cena tries to have some type of, you know, decent offense, even though it doesn't look the neatest and it doesn't look the best. I mean, it makes it look it it, it it's, it's he makes the match look more interesting than it actually is. Yeah, he's he always tries. He, he's always in there with better wrestlers, but he makes it look like he's doing more than he actually is. When Roman Reigns, yeah. you can really see he's not doing anything. And yeah. I've had this conversation with other people as well. They either you, know, you could say that there was something that I don't know if you noticed during the match, and there was a, you, you the microphone looks too close again. Yeah, you heard they, it. Yeah, you heard him calling. Yeah, Cena calls, calls but you but Cena calls spots. You usually hear Cena call his spots though. I've heard Cena call his spots a lot of that. So him him I'm not surprised. Dude. Like anytime his spots get called, like he calls a spot ring, I I'm not surprised. Like him him and Triple H are like the one or two that I usually hear when they call the spots. There's a couple of other people when I do hear a spot, I'm like, Oh that yeah, that I agree with the mic is too close. But yeah, Cena and Triple H, you usually hear hear them call him spots. Uh, that yeah, he when he calls a spot, it really doesn't affect me because I'm used to it by now. But uh, I mean, oh yeah, you, you know, two part question, right? What happened? You said, you said this. You also asked me about the worst match. I forgot it. This is a two part yeah. question. Yeah, the worst uh, match. Worst match, I would probably say, because I really couldn't get into it, that Divas tag team title, uh, tag team match. It's just it's like, why is it there? Uh, 
the heel turn I thought was a uh, a real reason for the match, just to yeah. Eddie on on the heel side. Yeah, I mean, yeah, great. It it gave us that, but the match in and of itself was just like boring as hell. Like, just really didn't want to watch it. I mean, I give WWE a lot of credit. They put a lot of the weak portions of their card and put all of it back to back to back to back. Like, right after the tag title match, it was like, all right, we're going to take all the weak matches and just dump it in the card. Like, and we're going to just play them back. We're just going to have to go back to back to back to back. So they saved the money in the back line of the match. They saved Cena, AJ. The only thing they put in between was Titus and uh, Rusev, which surprisingly was a decent match. So even though Titus got his head kicked off, and then Titus is someone that not Rusev out legitimately. And then you had uh, Rollins and Reigns. So I mean, they set it up. They set it up right. I give them that. But yeah, overall, yeah. I give the pay per view like a B. It gives a B. A B. Okay, that's a, that's a pretty good grade. I mean, considering that you know what could have been done with it, and it's just the whole situation. Like, let's, let's think about the ending. Seeing Dean Ambrose cash it in, and uh, you know, take take the tie away from Seth Rollins, and uh, setting up this whole thing that we had on Monday Night Raw. What are your thoughts, Dean Ambrose? How long does he actually hold this title? Hopefully, through SummerSlam. Like, they need, alright, they need to make the pay per view. Because this is what I've, I've been seeing, and this is what scares me about SummerSlam. They're using all the matches that should be SummerSlam matches now, which might take the excitement out of SummerSlam, at least for me. Because. If, I, if you see the third match between Cena and AJ Styles without, say, Finn Balor making his debut between now and then, boring. I mean, it's going, It's the draft is going to happen by, by SummerSlam. Wesley Dave is going to happen before. Uh, Battleground is going to happen before. So, I mean, you might have some new interesting scenarios, like, but the, like I said, hopefully, SummerSlam, at least through SummerSlam, hopefully to the end of the year. I wouldn't mind that, because the only person I'd really want to put it on outside of the Ambrose is two, two, three other guys, Bray Wyatt, uh, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles. Seth Rollins, he's going to eat with Seth. Seth Rollins is going to eat regardless, sooner or later. So, Seth doesn't need the belt yet. But he could, you know, him and D could split it. Yeah, you know, one face, one heel, whatever they want to turn it to whoever. But right now, I say those three guys, that's special. Bray, AJ, Kale, they deserve it. Like they straight up, straight up, not deserve it. Like I can live with any three of those guys as champions, even Cesaro. But I think Cesaro is like one step away. 
from it, like it being his time. Definitely. And now I want to look at, I don't know if you actually stayed tuned in uh, to the network after Raw and you watched the Stone Cold podcast with AJ Styles. Did you watch that? I actually caught up to it on Tuesday. Yeah, well, here's my thing. Watching it, you know, because um, I, I was watching it as it was happening live and Stone Cold, you know, dropped a couple of uh, curses he bleeped out. Yeah, of um, course. He was, yeah, he was, he was great, you know. Stone oh, Cold. he had to be. Yeah, but uh, I'm listening to the story, and they were openly talking about TNA. I was a little surprised. Well, they would actually go deep into that. Okay, here's the thing: WWE on TV won't do that for obvious reasons, because it's like, all right, whatever. But other companies actually will mention it, as you noticed. Like TNA has no problem saying this is a former WWE talent. Like, Ring Honor, all these places have no problems mentioning that they came from WWE. But WWE has problems mentioning TNA. Now, TNA cannot catch WWE at all. They're not even a threat. Like, they are literally minor league. They, I would call them right now the Brooklyn Cyclones of wrestling. Except the Brooklyn Cyclones actually have a home and more money. That's how low level TNA is. TNA, mentioning TNA, like their history, like Joe, him, uh, I know they got to bring it, Bobby Roode, because you dare not say Bobby Roode was, uh, was on the independent scene for like X amount of years. We all know where Bobby Roode came from. Eric Young. Same thing. So you got guys who came to TNA that are chilling. Like, I mean, you were in TNA for quite some time. Like, James Storm, where he went back, same process. You gotta. They don't want to acknowledge it, but you, we as fans know the acknowledgement. Just like the Bullet Club, that's why they acknowledge the Bullet Club. Same thing. But on the, pod, but on the podcast, it's a little different. Because that's the closed joint. WWE him just have, WWE him have, just have an agreement, but that's his joint. He can talk about whatever the hell he wants to talk about. I know there's a couple of parameters where maybe he can't touch a certain line or two, like Benoit. But outside of that, you know, it's what it is. It is what it is. It's uh, it it was interesting, and like the other thing that I actually thought was um, surprising, like AJ started talking about his father and really talk about how his father was abusive and, and yeah. you know was a drunk. I, I was, it was kind of like it just kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know if Stone Cold was leading him to get into that, but uh, he was pretty open about it. Yeah, I respect Styles. Mister Alex Jones earned. Every earned every bit of respect, and then hearing how he got into the business, it was just like he literally just said, "Yo, y'all go to rest school? Fine, call me. I'll go with you." He took a bump. He was like, "Oh, I'm doing this for life." Because <laughs> I've never heard somebody say, "All right, I have to take like a couple of bumps." Oh, 
I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm doing it fine. And then hearing how he how he learned how to do his flips through cheerleading with his wife. That is epic. The stuff you cannot make up. This is great stuff. I respect that man. Like, what he does inside the ring, just period. That's just a man. Uh, definitely, he's, uh, he's the reason why he's a star and why he's been a star for he said it was 18, 18 years now. It's crazy, AJ Styles. Now, um, I just want to get your final thought on the official announcement of the draft. is is going to be on the first live SmackDown, which is July 19th. Um, they have this whole thing. You see this running gag they have about who's going to run SmackDown. What are you hearing? What's the possibility in terms of who runs SmackDown? Uh, Shane and it, it's 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 uh it's Shane and Stephanie that they're gonna be the GMs. We, we I mean we all swing out of my cover. Uh, I think it's Stephanie McMahon for SmackDown though, if Shane gets wrong. That's how I think it goes. If I if my memory serves me correct, it should be exactly that. Uh, but it is fun to see all of these old GMs. The um, the last two people. Two, three people, uh, me and the other doctor of wrestling was talking about Dr. Kraft. We had a little conversation. We take side bets. Uh, Vicky Guerrero, because we haven't seen her pop up yet. Uh, maybe, what's his name? Paul Heyman. Because he did used to run SmackDown. Just saying. And Mike Adams. Or the, or the anonymous Roy Gina. So. What about Bischoff? He, we thought about Bischoff. Could be a possibility. He pops up on Raw too. You never know. You got you got a lot of candidates still to you know, fill up before because they bring. They feel like they're bringing out somebody new every week. Who, well, new who's old. So. Hey, I like Oh, it. guess we'll. Well, I guess we'll definitely see how it's going to go down. But uh, Dr. Black, as always, and uh, make sure everyone check out him and uh, Dr. Raft on the Doctors of Wrestling on KeepItTheRealSports.com podcast. Once again, it's explicit language on that one, so uh, be prepared for that if you're going to tune yeah. in on the uh, website. And we're on uh, Facebook Dr. Live. Who you said? <laughs> on Facebook Live. Facebook okay. Live. And they, they got their own thing on Facebook Live. So, uh, as always, thanks, uh, Dr. Black, and have a good one, sir. You too. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying in chalk. I really hate the trip, but I got a low. As they croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke, fool. I'm the kind of cheater little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street light.
situation they got me facing. I can't live a normal life. I was raised by the state, so I gotta be down with the hood team. Too much television watching got me chasing dreams. I'm an educated fool with money on my mind. Got my tin in my hand and a gleam in my eye. I'm a loped out gangster, set tripping banker. And my homies is down, so don't arouse my anger. Fool, death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away. I'm living life through a die. What can I say? I'm 23 now, but will I live to see 24? The way things is going, I don't know. Social Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Just wrapping things up for the day. They continue to make their way down Cleveland. The Cleveland Cavaliers once again in their parade, in their rally. Winning the 2016 NBA championship. Going to end this, end off the show with some more sound and reaction from the broadcast. This is via Cavs TV as well as NBA.com. So uh, we'll check that out. Until tomorrow, everyone, have a good one. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. That's a great sight, isn't it? That's a great sight. And our finest is still trying to help get them through. Do the best that they possibly can. Yes. Well, the St. Vincent St. Mary marching band leading the way for LeBron, which is obviously perfect. And they seem, they seem to be moving World pretty World champions. <laughs> They seem to be moving free and easy right now. I like that. That means LeBron can't be too far. Oh, my goodness. These cell Look phones. at all the cell phones. Oh, my goodness. If you're in downtown Cleveland today and trying to make a cell phone call, good luck to you. If you're trying to send a text. Good luck to you. Send a photo. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, that, that, it's not working.
There's too many bodies in this area. Oh, cell phone reception's terrific, but not today. Things are getting a little bit of a workout here in downtown Cleveland. Again, Jeff, I think this is the beauty of this whole parade is that everybody who has their cell has an opportunity to get a picture of LeBron James, his wife, his kids, and to have that picture for the rest of their lives. So to me, this is what's very valuable to all these fans that have come out to see and to be a part of this great celebration. LeBron's on his way to the rally. He and his teammates will be speaking to the who knows how many hundreds of thousands of people gathered here at Mall B as the Cleveland Cavaliers championship parade and rally continues.